Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Hmm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral Sleepy Girl Mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the game, game of roses. Welcome to the game, game of roses. Oh my god. What? Did you actually mean to post that? <laughs> what? What's on there? Jason. What's on there? April Fools! you are the worst welcome to game of roses this is pace case this is bachelor clues and it's 
Thursday. You know what that means. Twibbin. That's right. It's this week in Bachelor Nation. We're going to be going over all the Bachelor Nation news, all the parasocial plays. We're going to be talking about our screams from the pit. We're going to do a new segment in place of gains. It's actually not new. We've done it a couple it's of not times. New. <laughs> but it's rare. It's a rare segment. It's a rare, so you're a in for a treat. segment. Obviously, we're going to do state of the world as we open every show with. But before we get to that, we just have to remind you that there is currently in existence in our world, in this thing we perceive as reality, there is a unique opportunity for everyone listening <laughs> to get a brand new gore shirt. Yes, we have new merch. We have a shirt that was designed by Ella Tolkien and... The person that helped us bring it all, put it all together, was actually someone you guys might already know, the Dark Seeker, Grace Ann Parks. This shirt is beautifully designed. It is a tribute to the fundamental rule of our beloved game, 4TRR, for the right reasons. And this isn't just a shirt. This is a wearable talking point. When you walk into a viewing party for Katie Thurston's season, and you're going to walk into a viewing party for Katie Thurston's season because shit's opening up. We're all getting vaccinated. We're going to be back at this like we used to be. So when you walk in, think of this like wearing a jersey of your favorite player or your favorite team when you go to your friend's house to watch a football game or whatever sport you may be into if it's not The Bachelor. This is just like that, except this one. People are going to see it and be like, what the fuck is that? That looks like a crying woman with handcuffs made out of roses. What is 4TRR? And then you get to corner them in the kitchen for an hour and a half explaining to them exactly what 4TRR means. And by the end of that conversation, you have brought them into the pit. I know you all have been trying to corner people in kitchens unsuccessfully with no merch and it's been horrible but now we have the outfit for you to do that in and you know what even if you're watching it by yourself it's gonna make the experience better you don't need a viewing party <laughs> a viewing party of one take a selfie post it to all of your internet friends then you're basically hanging out with people in the primary world in your merch no matter if you're alone or at a party of people you are about to convert into the pit, this shirt is only available for two weeks. Then it will be gone forever. So you have to get it now if you want it. And to get it, you just go to bonfire.com slash game of roses. B-O-N-F-I-R-E dot com slash game of roses and get as many as you want to get for as many people as you want to get them for. You know, a funny thing might be to get them for people mm -hmm. in your life that don't watch The Bachelor. Just have it show up on their doorstep. What the fuck is this? Hilarious. And then <laughs> you get to tell them. Then that's the hour and a half conversation. There's your April Fool's prank. <laughs> but we appreciate everyone who is picking up these shirts, and we hope that everybody who wants one has an opportunity to get them. So now with that said, let's move on to what we came here to do. We're going to get into a little segment where we talk about some larger news that's happening in the world. And we're going to tell you, 
even though it may not seem like it relates to The Bachelor, we're going to tell you exactly how it relates to our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. State of the world. I got to say right off top, right off the top, this is one of my favorite states of the world we've done. Oh, I know it's a subject very near and dear to your heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> The big news is, last week, New York State lawmakers finalized a deal to make recreational use of cannabis legal as it is in 15 other states at this point. There are actually only two states where it is still outright illegal to possess or use for any purpose. This is Idaho, where it's a misdemeanor, and Nebraska, where the first offense is actually decriminalized. But after that, you can be prosecuted. Mm. And now, a new proposal in California aims to raise the personal freedom bar even further by allowing the possession, cultivation, use, and, in quotes, sharing of most psychedelic drugs. This is insane to me. SB 519 was formally introduced. This is the future. I hope it is. SB 519 was formally introduced in the state legislature on Thursday, sponsored by State Senator Scott Weiner, who represents San Francisco in the state Senate. This new proposal would permit the personal possession and social sharing, in quotes, of psilocybin (laughs) mushrooms, LSD, ketamine, MDMA, mescaline, and a drug I've never heard of called ibogaine. Ibogaine? I don't know what that is. Ibogaine. We don't know, but (laughs) we also don't know if this bill is going to pass. But certainly, this is an indication that in our lifetimes, we might see a wide range of recreational drugs that severely alter human perception made federally legal, not just alcohol, which is really the only one that is. Weiner was quoted as saying, the war on drugs has been a complete failure. It hasn't stopped people from using drugs, and it hasn't stopped addiction. No, in fact, it's made it worse. And there are some countries, Scandinavian countries specifically, where drug use is not criminalize and if you are addicted they have state-run facilities that can help you kick the habit without going to jail without being criminally penalized for it and that is a much better system uh statistically it's been proven time and time again so hopefully we can move to something like that in the united states by the way did you read how to change your mind no is it psilocybin mushrooms that came out it came out a few years ago by michael Pollan, and he talks about basically the history of psychedelic drugs and Mm -hmm. his own experiences with them. And I highly recommend it. But Pitt, I know what you're all thinking. I've just been sitting here listening to all this satanic drug talk. But what does that have to do with my beloved Bachelor Nation? Even though marijuana is recreationally legal in California, where most of the show is shot, We never see players smoking weed. We see them drinking lots of alcohol, playing massless beer pong games on rooftops, but we never see any players smoking weed. This is likely because the drug is still federally illegal, but that doesn't mean that cannabis... But that doesn't mean that cannabis isn't a part of the show. In fact, it has been from the very beginning, just behind the scenes. From the Bachelor Nation book, 
Mike Fleiss was allegedly always high during the early seasons. That's right, high during the creation of the boob zone. The early days of The Bachelor set are generally described as an adult frat house where hard partying and late night boozing were actively encouraged. According to former production coordinator Brad Eisenberg, franchise creator Mike Fleiss smoked so much weed during the show's early seasons that there was smoke coming out of his office door. Our beloved game was born from an altered state (laughs) of mind. Obviously, how else would you create such a gem? But it's not just Fleiss. A little deeper digging around on the internet revealed a lot of interesting information about other players and their use of cannabis. This is all from Reddit, so take it with a grain of salt, but it seems accurate (laughs) to me. Taylor Nolan supposedly has said publicly, maybe on her Instagram, that she smoked weed as a coping mechanism after being in an abusive relationship. Corinne Olympios has supposedly posted a picture of a weed pipe. Becca Kufrin supposedly has admitted she smokes weed. You may not remember Tickle Monster, but he was in our (laughs) beloved game for a moment. Jonathan Treese is his real name. He's a doctor. He works for a medical marijuana company. Crystal Nielsen. The new mother of Andara Rose Bowles, formerly known as Glitter Baby, admitted on The Ellen Show that she likes to have sex after smoking weed. And of course, in 2018, when Becca Martinez's mom reported her missing to the Humboldt County Sheriff's Office, it turns out she was actually just out in a remote location without cell service for a few days, helping some friends tend to their weed farm. I'll never forget that. That was hilarious. If the drug were to become federally legalized, would we see it in the show? Tobacco is legal, but we never see anyone smoking cigarettes on camera. Would weed fall prey to the same stigma? I think yes. I think we will never see anyone smoking Mm -hmm. anything. Is there a version of this where they get to do an edible or they drink a weed drink or something? Maybe. Although, I don't know. It it sincerely depends. If it becomes, I could see this. Let me just say this. I could see this version. (laughs) Uh Becomes federally legal. Right now, by the way, weed is federally illegal. Federal authorities can arrest you and incarcerate you for however long they fucking want if they want to. And there are still raids that happen on weed farms nationwide by federal drug enforcement officers. All that said, let's say it becomes federally legalized which I think is likely in our lifetimes, probably the next five or 10 years, maybe mm. Biden administration. I don't know. Although he's against weed. Anyway, if it becomes federally legal, I could see a version of this where that year is kind of like the year of weed and it's celebrated across all parts of mainstream culture. And you see weed companies advertising in the Super Bowl, And it is a thing that becomes very socially accepted. If that is the case, I could see a group date. I could see a one-on-one where they share a joint. I can see an Amsterdam when in Rome date where they partake and they go to the different coffee shops and they go bicycling around. There's maybe a little cutesy montage of them biking and then someone, you know, drops something and they laugh. (laughs) Let's say that happens. How far does it go? 20 years from now, are we going to see a group date where all the players drop acid? God willing. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like we see 
so many people constantly getting drunk doing alcohol which is one of mm-hmm. the the most harmful drugs a human being can do to their body over a period that's of time. like the only activity the players are allowed to do they can't have books they can't have tv they can only do alcohol it seems to me that doing other drugs would enhance the show and i i do feel like we're on the precipice i think we're gonna see some weed in the show in the next five years maybe it's it's gonna really take first of all this doesn't exist yet there is no Budweiser of weed. There is not a giant mm-hmm. nationally recognized brand. Once that happens, I think you're going to start to see more of a kind of mainstream impact. Once you can get sponsorships, like, exactly. a sponsored date. Like, are there weed companies right now that can even advertise on Bachelor? I mean, I know there's like standards and practices. Would ABC even allow it? I don't know. But are there weed companies that have right. enough money to even do it? There have to be. Some of these weed companies are gigantic. I mean, it's a billion-dollar industry. Yeah. What is the largest weed company? I don't even know. This is just the top top 10 largest marijuana stocks in 2021. Number one is Canopy Growth, Canadian licensed producer. It's the largest pot stock in the world. Maybe Canopy Growth. That name needs to change you need a little better branding it doesn't have a ring canopy growth for all your weed needs i mean it has to be like coors or budweiser you need something along those lines you need to come up with a brand identity these are not good cura leaf holdings that's number two okay here we go number three green thumb industries now we're talking that's catchy I know out here there's a dispensary called Med Men that's kind of like, it tried oh, yeah. to position itself as the Starbucks of weed. I don't know how that's going at this point, but they have a few stores. I thought it was supposed to be the LA. Apple store of weed. <laughs> it has that feel when you go in. Yeah, it's like a very nice I've been told. <laughs> upscale kind of store. But they had a series of advertisements out here, at least in LA. I don't know if it was nationwide or not. I think they only exist in LA. But the advertisements were very effective. It was billboards of like a doctor, a police officer saying, I'm a cannabis user. And it tried to kind of destigmatize mm. the idea that people who smoke weed are like potheads and stoners and fucking just sit around playing video games. It's like, no, everybody smokes weed. It's just like beer. No one cares. And I thought that was effective, but I think you're right. I think there is still this stigma and maybe the federal the federal laws are contributing to that but shit is changing with drugs very rapidly Mm -hmm. i can remember them being illegal and i'm very young so i don't know maybe we will see a group date where everyone drops acid i certainly never thought i would see weed recreationally legalized in my lifetime no i'm not even like a huge weed user i would say at this point Certainly in my past, I was more of that. But, uh, you know, as a kid, I never did it because there was this idea that like, oh, fuck, you'll go to jail for like 20 years. There's no way I'm ever doing that. Mm-hmm. And then it became legal out here with a medicinal card, which was a sham. I got that a couple of times where you just walk into <laughs> a, some doctor's office and he puts a stethoscope on your chest and is like, yep, sounds like you need medicinal cannabis and he would write you a prescription and you had Uh to do that once a year to be able to go into these dispensaries and now that's even gone now like anybody can walk in with an id it is just something i never thought would happen and i don't think that trend is going to go the other way no i think it has become 
widely accepted pretty fast, which is why I'm very curious about this timeline when it would be normalized. I mean, we know that we were just doing that producer episode. Lisa Levinson used to calm players down with a cigarette. Mm-hmm. I mean, it probably would be a bigger deal if it was a joint, but I don't know. We'll see. Time will We tell. will. But that is state of the world. All drugs are going to be legal very soon, and everybody in The Bachelor is going to be tripping on LSD or mushrooms in every episode. That's our prediction. <laughs> so thank you for indulging. You heard it here first. And now we are moving on to a segment that would normally be This Week in Gains, but this is something different this week because there aren't a lot of gains happening anymore. All the players from season 25 have what they have. Some are going to escalate as they become crowns, as they return to sand, but none of that is happening officially yet. So we are going to There's do... only one notable gain that I have noticed, but we will get to it in parasocial plays. So instead of doing this week in gains, we are going to revisit an old segment that is going to be a fun one. This is... Bachelor Alternate Universe! This past week, Pace Case and I were discussing something. What if there was no coronavirus? What if it never happened? What if COVID-19 never emerged? Record scratch. Or even what if it emerged, but it was tamped down like many of the other pandemics have been, and it didn't cause the world to go into a global shutdown? What if that would have happened? Season 16 of Bachelorette goes (laughs) off as normal. Are they even in La Quinta? No, of course not. They're doing international travel. Bachelor Mansion. Bachelor Mansion, international travel. Dale Moss does not do what he does. Maybe he still wins that season, but not the way Mm -hmm. he did. He doesn't crash the season. The season doesn't end early. There is no Tasha Adams as Bachelorette. There is no Zach Clark. You don't even get young Noah Erb in the game. He was a replacement when Tasha came in. He's not even in Bachelor Nation. All of these things are true. I'm sorry. Back up. A world without young Noah Erb? Yes. I can't stand for it. This also goes on to affect the Black Lives Matter protests. It is arguable that because of COVID, because we were all cooped up, it was a powder keg. And the Black Lives Matter protests Mm -hmm. that occurred that summer were in some ways because of all of our pent-up rage and energy sitting at home watching on a screen the murder of George Floyd. And so... If we were all going to our jobs as normal and we all could get out of the house as normal, maybe those protests don't happen. And we have sports to watch on TV and we have TV shows that are still being made. But without that, maybe we don't get Bachelor Diversity Movement and maybe we don't get Matt James as the first black bachelor. So who then becomes the 25th bachelor? Is it Ben Smith? Because he still gets a heartbreak at it. Well, he was broken up with by Tasha. Who would have been the heartbreak person by Claire when Tasha doesn't happen? I think he still would have played a very similar game and would have had a similar result. Mm. What about Blake Moines, though? The Moines Maybe it's Moines. Maybe it's Zach Clark. Zach Clark still had a five-part PTC that he would have played. Mm. 
It just would have been played on Claire. And You're if right. Moss had already snapped it up, I look, I believe that Dale Moss still would have won that season. I think he is I not just a parasocial well. master. I believe he's also a very skilled player. Yeah, I don't think he needed the Instagram, but I do think the Instagram clinched the short season. Oh, for sure. And then we move on to everything else that would cascade after this is Katie Thurston. Still the Bachelorette. Is Michelle Young still the Bachelorette? Do we get this weird five players inserted in the middle of the season? Because it clearly feels like the producers did that to try and drum up drama, knowing that they were shooting in a bubble season. I mean, it begs the question of do the same players still rise to the top regardless of the crown? I think in general, yes, they do. I agree with that. You know what we don't get? Unfortunately, the creature of the season. Shitting Donkey is never seen if we don't have COVID because Shitting <laughs> oh Donkey God. is at Nema colon. If a donkey shits and there's no film camera, did he even shit? <laughs> he didn't get the benefit of us seeing it, that's for sure. Um, But you know what? That makes me think of Claire's cast... No, Matt James's cast mm-hmm. would probably be different if it were a white bachelor. Maybe. Let's say it's the exact same cast. Rachel Kirkconnell's mm-hmm. transgressions don't carry the same weight. There may not be a Dark right. Lord Harrison extra interview. Oh, my God. And he might still be hosting everything as well. You're right. The DLH thing does not happen without BLM. Coronavirus has drastically altered the game forever. It has introduced such massive changes just by the nature of these seasons having to be shot in the bubble, by the nature of our entire world basically becoming what it became that gave us Tasha, that gave us Matt James, and all the things that have surrounded that, that have gone on to really indelibly change the game forever. Or... Is Matt James still on Claire's season? Mm. And he does what we predicted, which was that he has a strong run and gets a heartbreak at it and is made the next Black Bachelor, the first Black Bachelor anyways. Jesus, you might be right. (laughs) Well, I could see some version of a Dale Moss, Matt James head to head as they come to face each other toward the finals and one of them becomes a bachelor whoever's the loser of that wow. head to head can you imagine a dale moss as bachelor 25 could i have i <laughs> of course i have <laughs> thought about that bachelor alternate universe a lot that was just something we have been thinking about We've all kind of become used to the effects of coronavirus in our daily lives and certainly Mm -hmm. on how the show is produced and the game is created. But it was just a little interesting conversation we had where we allowed ourselves to imagine, what if this never would have happened? What show would we be watching now? Would we get two Bachelorettes as we're getting kind of back to back right now? What would be the impact of Listen to Your Heart? We would have had another paradise that happened already with people from Listen Mm -hmm. to Your Heart on it. I think because of the bubble, none of them 
get to be on Paradise now. Bachelor in Paradise happens. They incorporate a few listen to your heart characters and <laughs> you know who is our next bachelor. Danny Padilla. Sheridan Reed. <laughs> <laughs> no. I no. don't think so. Is it Travis? I mean Travis would have Travis would have cleaned up on Paradise. Travis was being groomed, I believe, for some kind of further involvement in the tr- franchise. So COVID really fucked the Listen to Your Heart cast is the main conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, it did. Bree and Chris didn't get to go on their tour. Yeah. You know, they didn't get the same Instagram gains because everyone was freaked out about COVID. No one was watching. But anyway, that was our little jaunt into uh, tear in the space-time continuum as we stepped into this alternate reality to indulge just for a moment how our nation might have been drastically different if the deadliest pandemic of our generation didn't happen. And now it's time to move on to our next segment where we are going to be divulging all of the beautiful tids that happened this week. And there were a lot of tids. Massive tid, tid week. This is... Bachelor Nation News. First up in Bachelor Nation News... The game is back, baby. Almost. Despite the deluge of Bachelor content that is being produced in 2021, we currently find ourselves in a rare period of downtime, twisting in the cold, uncaring void of a Bachelorless existence. But today, we were reminded that the next season of The Bachelorette is much closer than we think, with a brand new teaser that dropped on the official ABC Bachelorette Instagram for season 17. The clip is less than 10 seconds long and gives us a brief glimpse of the 18th Bachelorette, Katie Thurston, facing the viewer in a zip-up purple leather skirt extending a rose towards us. A flurry of rose petals serves as a wipe to the next shot in which Katie is holding a giant heart with a date June 7th printed on it. This is, no doubt, the premiere date of her season. Two months until the game returns. This is our first glimpse of Thurston wearing the crown in an official piece of Bachelor-produced content. What was your reaction to seeing her in what is literally the first time we have ever seen her as Bachelorette? She looks amazing, first of all. But second of all, my main reaction is the skirt. It is bizarre it is a very long purple skirt and i was like is this meant to represent the purple dildo yes she is a dildo incarnate there is no other explanation (laughs) fair enough what was your reaction to this promo exactly the same as yours literally exactly the same i was like she looks good as a bachelorette why are they making her wear that that was my (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> literal reaction to it it's a weird outfit it's it's it's, it's a choice 
But I think she's going to be able to carry it off. It was a good promo. She looked happy in it. She's giving us the smile. Good pair of social gaze. She's good at social media. Like, sorry, she's making an Instagram video here, and it's great. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I am excited. (laughs) Absolutely. Speaking of air dates, our next piece of Bachelor news involves... The second blessing of an air date this week, this time for Bachelor in Paradise, August 16th, 2021. The BIP Instagram page released a teaser of its own confirming this date for the next season, which will air two years after the last season and contain big players from the most seasons ever. The teaser is a single shot of sand as the gentle tide produces the premiere date and then washes it away again. If you missed it, we did a rundown of the state of paradise on our episode last Tuesday, where we discussed all the biggest potential players, some revolutionary BIP strategies we think should be executed during the first BIP in the professional era, and we also talked about how the producers might be able to finagle their way around any of these strategies if they were to be used. But this is exciting news. In one day, we've got... Bachelorette and BIP, they're teasing us. I guess there was a huge ABC meeting recently because we got two dates at once. Very exciting. I mean, I love Bachelor in Paradise. Like, I can't wait. When we were talking about all of the shit that went down just in one season, I was like, I, give me it. It's basically every episode needs to have two significant dramatic stories going on they'll focus on at least two couples and whatever the outside influence may be that's threatening to tear them apart that's every episode and when you have stuff Mm -hmm. like you had in season six with you know demi bringing in her girlfriend from fucking outside the show and it's the first same-sex relationship ever on camera in an american bachelor show i mean i I just am very very curious to see what they're going to be able to do with this massive pool of players and It'll have been two years. The game has upgraded since then. We have almost entirely cast of professional players at this point. Mm -hmm. So they are all going to be competing with each other to be who are the ones who are going to walk away with a cool mill. Because there will be several. I think we're going to see six players with over a million by the end of Paradise. Assuming that we don't even have people entering with a million if we get hannah ann sluice if we get the coof there's a couple of million club members that are at least in the running to touch sand already god damn it exciting times and next up in bachelor nation news something we were watching for a long time what feels like nine months Glitter Baby is alive, and she has a new name, Andara Rose Bowles. Andara took her first breath of earth air on March 31st, 2021. Like her mother, Andara is also named after a crystal. In the world of crystal healing, Andara crystals are considered master crystals, known for their powerful healing abilities and propensity to unlock psychic energy within their users. 
every second of Andara's journey was documented and monetized. Andara's mother, Crystal Nielsen, was pumping out SpawnCon all the way to the hospital and even from her hospital bed until she went silent for four hours to give birth. But just because she wasn't posting doesn't mean she wasn't making money on the creation of new life. Nielsen secured a deal with People Magazine to the exclusive birthing coverage rights, which they wasted no time exploiting by publishing a story complete with pictures of the new infant almost immediately after she was born. Andara has been making money for her mom from the moment she was conceived, and it is going to be very exciting to see how much revenue she can generate now that she is outside the womb. Crystal Nielsen gets an exclusive deal with People Magazine to cover this birth. What do you think is being offered to the Lion Dykes right now? And by what companies? What's the biggest company? I don't know. I mean, the biggest Google? kind of celebrity gossip company? Isn't it People? Us Weekly? They're kind of in the same tier, yeah. I would say. I mean, are the Lion Dykes going to get like a whole I issue of the magazine devoted to, to go them? there. <laughs> like, they're going to have a, a hospital, a separate hospital just for them and the twins. It'll be absurd. Is it going to be in Hawaii now? Maybe. I don't know. That's well, just I their second house. Moving to Hawaii. I don't think they're moving there. I think that's just another house they're going to own and spend moving. time in. Yeah, sure. And what? He's going to be able to sell high quality real estate or whatever, super luxury real estate. He's already set up like a business empire in Arizona. I don't think they're going to give that up unless he's retiring, which is possible. Or he just manages his, his minions to do it. Yeah, possibly. But when I saw this, when I was like, Jesus Christ, People Magazine, just they gave her this exclusive story. It's like mm -hmm. Crystal's semi-famous within the Bachelor world, but she's not one of the top players. And if she's getting this, the Lion Dyke twins are going to be, oh, I just can't wait to see what happens with that. The cover of that. Oprah. Maybe. She's interviewing the Lion Dyke twins like she did Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Yeah. They can't even speak. I mean, it's going to be, I, I don't even know what, I don't even know what those gains are going to look like too, because they are, they've already blown Andara out of the water. Nonetheless, Andara is alive and with us all here on planet Earth now. Congratulations to little Andara. And speaking of things that are alive, Lauren Zima's Instagram has performed a resurrection just in time to celebrate Jesus' resurrection last week. She took to her main grid to post a series of three images of herself at the Entertainment Tonight studio in a pastel blue pantsuit. The caption reads, monochromatic pantsuits for spring, dot, dot, dot. It has 14,351 likes. She had only posted one other photo, a memorial for her father since the DLH racism controversy happened. After posting this pantsuit, she has since already posted another image of herself within 24 hours, this time a series of images of her interviewing an actor from Superstore, Ben Feldman, and laughing together with the caption, Work. Heart emoji. She's back, but her content 
is no longer Bachelor-related. She seems to be attempting to pivot to the regular duties of an Entertainment Tonight reporter with no mention of ties to her paramour, DLH, whose Instagram remains frozen in time with his February 13th second apology post. There is going to be a gigantic elephant in the room anytime we see Zima on screen now, and there is no way of knowing if it will ever be addressed. It seems like she's trying to sweep this under the carpet (laughs) forever. I think the (laughs) posting a quick succession series of images, it's all her working, she's back in the studio, nothing Bachelor. I think she is trying to brush right over this but as we saw the bachelorette's coming in two months entertainment tonight is going to cover it i mean that's they have to that's a huge piece of their job is lauren zima going to be the person covering the bachelor for them and if she is how do we fucking straight face watch that Let's say you're Katie Thurston and she's interviewing you about your upcoming season. Aren't you like, hey, what's going on with your boyfriend? I don't know. Is she on a different beat? Is she not the Bachelor person anymore? Is it going to be Rachel Lindsay? No, she's extra. I get them confused. Yeah, different company. Maybe she is hoping that at that point, it's old news. He's not coming back. They just talk straight Bachelorette. It just begs the question, too, like, how's the franchise going to treat this? If Dark Lord Harrison comes back ever, obviously it'll have to be addressed. He can't just re-emerge with no explanation. If he never does come back, they can hide that. They can just never say anything about yeah. it again. It's like, here's the host I for next season. I think that's what's going to happen. God damn. I think that's what will happen. Well, we're happy to see Lauren Zima back in front of a camera doing what she does best, and we wish her well. But we will remain very curious about the state of her relationship with the Dark Lord, the father of lies, the prince of darkness, the orchestrator of all human misery on sand and in mansion. (laughs) We do wish her well. Speaking of people who have taken Instagram breaks, our latest crown and latest member of the one million club matt james fell back under one million instagram followers on thursday april 1st he has continued to hemorrhage followers since and is now at the time of this recording on wednesday april 7th at 992,097 followers we hope he can turn this around but after cutting ties completely with our beloved game that might be difficult to do. We need brown bear visuals now more than ever to pull something out of his hat for our first Black Bachelor. I don't know what Matt James is doing, hanging out with all these celebrities, trying to do NFTs and things of this nature, but clearly it ain't working to get him any kind of social media traction. He needs to figure something out and figure it out quickly before this number continues to decline. It's a sharp decline. I was surprised. It happens though. P. Also had this happen to him. <laughs> he was in the two million One day club. You're just gonna like stroke out in the middle of that. <laughs> and <be> like, clues, <laughs> clues. <laughs> I just get stuck in it. You're right. I think after every season, you know, they have their they have their peak, and then it starts to trail off unless they're able to 
Get in the game. What could he even do? I mean, I've got like a brown bear visuals original video that I don't know. Talk with Rachel Kirkconnell and get caught photographed with her, maybe? Ooh, I like that. That might help. Yeah. All right, maybe he is doing it. Behind the scenes, maybe he's trying. Maybe that was staged. We're going to get to that, by the way. I think think he needs to do a little Tyler Cameron, Hannah Brown, will they, won't they, keep something going, pick someone and just will they, won't they it. Well, speaking of Matt James and exactly what we're talking about now, the 900K club member was spotted with his estranged ring winner, Rachel Kirkconnell, on the streets of Williamsburg, New York, the birthplace of hipsters, as reported by Dumois. Blurry images of the former Bachelor and ring winner surfaced that left no doubt they were in fact together, but nothing is known about the nature of this clandestine meeting. Well, speculation hints at the reconciliation and possible second chance at romance, but we think that seems highly unlikely. What seems more probable is a final moment of closure for the two, an opportunity to overcome any ill feelings and move on with their lives away from the lights of the after the final rose stage. Whatever the case may be, we wish them both luck with the next phases of their lives. What do you make of this, Pace Case? Why are they together? I mean, it makes sense to me that they would, you know, have a closure conversation that's not on camera. And maybe because of COVID, it has to be outside and they have to be pictured in the streets together. I don't like that part of it. I'm like, is that intentional? It does not seem intentional to me because these pictures were not good. They were clearly taken by somebody who was like trailing them. They very clearly didn't want to be photographed. Yeah, I saw a different post where someone had DM'd the or Rachel Kirkconnell had DM'd the poster and asked to take it down. And did they? Because they didn't. I, I don't know. But her saying take it down... Implies they didn't want this to be public. Totally. Well, whatever the reason was, again, we wish them well, and we hope that uh, it was a good meeting, whatever they were doing. But again, I'm like, people who are into The Bachelor, they want to see couples. They want to see romances. So whether it's Rachel Kirkconnell or whether it's somebody else, that's the move I would say is the move for Matt James. Pick a new person. Go down your list. Crash Michelle Young's season. Ooh. He doesn't want to do anything with Bachelor, though. He's washed his hands of the yeah. franchise, but if he could find it in his heart to forgive the franchise and come back into Michelle Young's season, that's a big boost. Oh, my God. That, I mean, talk about winning strategies. A crown veteran on a second tour? Never been done. Hannah Brown almost attempted it. On PP's season. He comes and he hosts the first group date where he says you need to share all your sexual fantasies or whatever. What was that date she hosted? (laughs) Say a sexy story. Yeah. I would like it better if he hosted a fight for your love date, but all the guys now have to fight him one at a time. (laughs) Mm. He yeah, just kicks the shit out of like 12 guys in a row. <laughs> and he's like, now what? Did I win you? Um. Well, regardless, we don't know exactly what's going on with them. And speaking of the rumor mill, a new rumor has arisen 
but I am very into. Becca Kufrin and Emmanuel Acho are said to be dating. At DateCardPod posted some reporting on this, including a screenshot of the signed paragraph inside Kufrin's copy of Acho's book that Kufrin flipped through in her Instagram story with the words written, looking forward to our hike slash hang soon. What a fascinating turn of events in the DLH racism scandal that this power couple might emerge from the ashes. I'm hopeful that it is true. Time will tell, as we like to say on this show, but imagine Garrett Egarian sitting at home and watching <laughs> this happen. Imagine even DLH sitting at home and watching this happen. The guy who replaced you is now dating one of the biggest superstar crowns to ever come out of the fucking game. One that you guys victimized. One of the only three fucking full royales to exist. What if he only dates full royales from now on? Next, he dates Emily Maynard and then Jen Tuft. <laughs> Aren't they married? I think they're both married. <laughs> Regardless, what a play. Yeah. What a play that would be. <laughs> be incredible. Speaking of incredible plays, our next item of Bachelor Nation News involves a Deadline article. Deadline released this article this week that included a conversation with the executive vice president of Alternative Series at ABC. You might have heard of it. This is Rob Mills. Rob Mills alluded to the possibility of The Bachelor moving to Hulu, and then he openly compared the franchise to the NFL, saying they treat The Bachelor like the NFL, even in the offseason, by encouraging people to talk about it and plan ahead. He literally said The Bachelor is like the NFL. At this point, there are still people who don't think The Bachelor is a sport, but as more and more people who control the game, who control the network that shows us the game, the companies that produce the game, as more of them openly admit this is a sport, the attitudes are simply going to have to change. I don't know who has to come out and say it. I don't know what kind of industry has to form around it to get people to believe this. But it is a sport. Plain and simple. One of my favorite parts of this was also the discussion of how they need to be careful about what spinoff shows they do because it's a franchise and they want to protect their brand and stuff. I thought that was interesting. When, when is the senior show going to fit into this schedule? Speaking of The Bachelor, <laughs> this is how that sounded in my head when I wrote it, by the way. And his longtime <laughs> platonic friend, Dustin Kendrick, are in the news this week. <laughs> As PP Pilot Pete, for those of you who have not lost your minds like us. There. <laughs> PP and Dustin Kendrick are in the news this week with an announcement that they are launching a podcast called Bachelors in the City on April 14th. This is one more entry into the continually growing number of podcasts from former players on which we must eventually appear as guests. 
How long until we get the invitation? Time will tell. But in the meantime, we wish Popeye and Dustin <laughs> good luck in their new endeavor. <laughs> and we will definitely be listening to at least that first important episode. <laughs> I love that you just fucking read Popeye, straight through Popeye. <laughs> oh, That's shit. That's a new one. I like Popeye, too. That's what I'm going to call him from Popeye now on. Popeye and Sweet Nums. Not to be outdone, the goat himself, Nick Vial, had big news this week. He's launching his own podcast, Network. The Beignet Connoisseur will be launching this network with the help of <laughs> Cast Media, a podcast advertising network who currently hosts dude-centric podcasts for the likes of ex-UFC fighter Brendan Schaub, ex-real world star Theo Vaughn, and YouTube personality Logan Paul. We are very curious to see what the GOAT will do with his new power as not only the host of his own show, The Vial Files, which will now be on this network, but also as the creative vision behind new shows that he will bring under his umbrella. Congratulations, GOAT. This is a move into a new area of business that will very likely be incredibly lucrative for him. Is this the first Bachelor player to launch a podcast network? Yes. Speaking of new jobs for old players, Kevin Went, star of Bachelor Canada, Bachelor Winter Games, Bachelor in Paradise US, is now going to be the official bartender for Bachelor in Paradise Canada. As we know, the bartender role in the American version of BIP is a coveted position within the franchise and can lead to bigger hosting opportunities down the road. Congrats to Went, and we are looking forward to seeing exactly what he can do with his new lease on screen time in-game. And in closing, we'd like to wish a big happy birthday to Becca Kufrin, one of only three players in history to secure the full royale. That's winning both the ring and the crown. On April 3rd, Kufrin turned 31 years of age. That wraps up. All of our Bachelor Nation news this week, and now we are moving into that section of the show in which we discuss all of the biggest plays that were made off the field and in that primary world, that digital world, that only world that matters, that world that we are piecemeal uploading each of our consciousnesses into where we will all live forever in a digital heaven. This is... <laughs> The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. This week had a stunning tonnage of excellent parasocial plays. It began with a series of April Fool's contenders, of which there were several strong applicants. First up, Caitlin Bristow, the goat herself pranked her power couple, Paramore Jason Tardic, with a well-thought-out, well-executed play in which she had texted Tardic a nude photo and then convinced him that he had accidentally posted it to his Instagram stories. She had 25 people text Tardic telling him that he had done this, and then she filmed herself talking to him, panicking for 10 minutes, and then she laughed at him as she screamed, April Fools! 
Tardik said, I have texts from producers, friends from back home, etc. She had prepared them all to make this play more believable. And let's not forget, <laughs> voluntary nudity plays are her bread and butter. She did that fucking shit on season 19 of The Bachelor to dumbfound Prince Farming Chris Souls and eventually wind up getting third place that season and take that all the way to the crown. Voluntary nudity plays, ladies and gentlemen, they work in the parasocial realm just as well as they work in our beloved game. By the way, <laughs> this video that was posted to her IGTV has 1.4 million views. 150,640 likes. 6.6K comments. Jesus fucking Christ. Get this woman a podcast network stat. And the next play we want to highlight comes from our next, next bachelorette, Michelle Young. She threw her hat into the April Fool's parasocial play ring this week by performing a brand specific move, capitalizing on her professional teacher archetype. She took to her Instagram stories to display a series of images and videos of her pranking her army of children her students. She announced that it was National Standing Day and removed all of the chairs from their desks. What a prank, Miss Young. (laughs) It was very cute, which I think is one of the only acceptable forms of April Fool's jokes. (laughs) By the way, I was tricked by almost all of these. I thought Kayla Quinn got married for a period of time. <laughs> Good rule of thumb on April 1st. Believe literally nothing. <laughs> next next April 1st, I'll, I'll try to be better. Speaking of Bachelor Nation parasocial powerhouses, Dale Moss is back at it again. A post circulated on the Bachelor subreddit as an April Fool's joke that included a Photoshop tweet made to look like a legitimate post from Moss that read, Things are starting to warm up. Get ready for more feet pics. Reddit hashtag feet post. Within just hours, he reposted the fake tweet to his actual Twitter account. This is the same tactic used when he posted himself in the party city superman outfit it's taking a joke at his expense and owning it showing his great sense of humor and parasocial control this overjoyed the bachelor subreddit and it was the most upvoted post of the week i know dale moss is falling out of the spotlight a little bit but jesus christ you see stuff like this and you're just like oh yeah i forgot he's better than everybody by a million times But that doesn't stop other people from playing the parasocial game. Last week, we talked about how (laughs) DeMar Jackson is one of the hardest working players in the parasocial game. He's everywhere. And now we find out he is even in Lion Dyke country. He posted a very interesting Instagram story this week in which he and the kissing bandit and men's rights activist himself, Ari Lion Dyke, are drinking at a brewery. Jackson posted a still image of himself and Lion Dyke posing together wearing kilt tots. It appears to be SpawnCon for the bar, and Jackson added the hashtags kilt lifter and tartan day. 
Jackson tapped into Leyendijk's love of drag and is proving once again that he is anywhere and everywhere creating dynamic duos wherever he goes. He's been on his Instagram live interviewing people. He's been at all the bachelor reunions, no matter what the city is, he is there. He has 10 different twins. He is multiplicity, Damar Jackson. Speaking of celebrations, Becca Kufrin took to her main grid for a solo image to commemorate her 31st birthday. It is an image of her in a red bikini on the edge of an infinity pool at Hilton Los Cabos Beach and Golf Resort. The caption reads, Aries season with an Aries emoji. Kufrin accomplishes a lot with this seemingly simple parasocial play, appealing to the portion of her millennial audience who are obsessed with astrology, but there are also play on words at play here, with Aries season also reading as Ari season, a reference to her first season of play and where she got her fame-building heartbreak edit. This post has 78.4K likes and 476 comments. Happy birthday, Koof. Clickbait host Natasha Parker made an Instagram post of four images, the first of which is an artistic shot taken of her from above. She is shirtless, covering herself and sunbathing, and her hair is spread out like a sun from her head on the ground, evoking the famous image of Kendall Jenner where her hair was splayed out in heart shapes around her, which was once the most liked Instagram post of all time. The current leader in most like Instagram posts of all time is the world record egg, which has 55 million likes. In Parker's post, there are four more images, three of which star Parker, and one is text on a wall reading, the more you like yourself, the less you'll need others to. She may not need us to like these images, but we do. Her caption also includes a bunch of positive affirmations. The post has 4,817 likes. Speaking of celebrating under the sun, Victoria Paul made her first Instagram TV post, a one-minute video montage, which she calls her first vlog, of her and several other members of Bachelor Nation surprising Huju Queen Kelsey Weir for her 30th birthday at a balloon and beer pong-filled rooftop party. While the players appear to be masked entering the party, everyone is maskless for the rest of the video, as they shotgun beers and engage in revelry. While Paul dances with Victoria White Lives Matter Fuller, the other members of the four horsewomen of the apocalypse are notably absent. The rest of the crew includes Clay, The Bachelor Isn't the Same Without DLH Harbor, Chasen Wolverine Nick, Ed, DLH's sad dynamic duo Wastebrot, Old Man Chris Bukowski, Chris Goose Randone and Spencer Fimp Villain Robertson. The video has 46.9k views and 1800 likes. PP Noah Herb, Ivan Hall, DJ from SoCal, and IO Chap all attended a Yankees game this week, and the Yankees' official Instagram and Twitter tweeted out photos of these guys to their literal official accounts. This is some parasocial clout, if ever I did see it. And also most of these guys then posted their own images and Instagram stories from the outing. But we had a big cluster of very important 
players coming together at what? Uh, it's a sporting event. And then getting retweeted and re-Instagram posts by the official Yankees accounts. Fantastic work, guys. I read that it was actually supposed to be Jason Tardick's suite, but he gifted it to the boys. Ooh. Benevolent Tardick. All of these beautiful, beautiful plays. However, there was one clear winner to this week's parasocial play of the week. It was a tour de force, the likes of which we have never seen in our beloved game. The parasocial play of the week goes to the series of Instagram work done by Crystal Nielsen in honor of the birth of Glitter Baby, a.k.a. Andorra Rose Bowles. Nielsen left no stone unturned. Every second of the birthing process was captured and to some degree monetized. She filmed herself preparing for the hospital as well as waiting in the hospital. And there was spawn con throughout from the various foods she was eating to the gifts she gave to the hospital staff to the clothes Glitter Baby would wear. It included a beautiful image of Glitter Baby's father, Miles Bowles, in the birthing room where a ring light was front and center, symbolizing the entire momentous occasion. It culminated in a People Magazine exclusive photo shoot. In the last 30 days, Nielsen gained 22.9 thousand followers, bringing her to 663K total. Almost all of that growth occurred from the day before Andara's birth to five days after. 5.3K of that growth happened just on the day after Glitter Baby was born. Andara Rose Bowles is at 39K, which notably, is just between clues and pace cases predictions of 35K and 40K, respectively. Good job, us. We are 100% accurate in all predictions. We've maintained that time and time again. This is just another little piece of proof to throw on the pile that continues to grow. But congratulations to Crystal Nielsen. Congratulations to Miles Bowles. And, of course, congratulations to little Andara. We're going to watch her grow up every second of her life. And that is it for Parasocial Plays this week. Now we are going to delve into the darkness as Pace Case and I drop to the bottom of the pit where we will issue our screams about how our relationship with this television program is affecting our lives. This is Screams from the Pit! Clues. I could not sleep last night. A a frequent event for me during COVID. But my scream is what I did. Did I count sheep? No. Did I drug myself? No. Did I read a book? Absolutely not. I started photoshopping an image of myself wearing our new merch onto every single image of a bachelor viewing party that I could find on Google Image Search. I was really hoping to get one of me reacting to Sean Lowe being forced to remove his shirt, but that image seems lost to time. I would need to go and get that screenshot. A little too much effort there. If anyone has this image, please send it to me. My scream is that... We have the image? We have every image. I know, but that requires going back to the document. 
Right. That'll be my next week's screen that I go into the document <laughs> to retrieve this image in order to Photoshop myself into it. Uh, but yeah, my scream is that there's there's no outside the pit. I have one solitary focus, and the bachelor has re- replaced my dreams, literally. Photoshopping yourself into situations is your new dream. Instead of dreaming about places mm-hmm. and people, you're now photoshopping yourself into these fantastic images. (laughs) I don't remember my dreams last night, but I wonder if I manifested that. I wonder if it was me and Mm. a bunch of treats, little banners that read, will you accept this rose? That seems to be a mainstay of the the bachelor viewing parties. Well, I mean, I've seen the work. It's fantastic work, so congratulations on that. I think it might have been worth a sleepless night to produce what you've produced. Oh my God. This is the problem. <laughs> What's I'm that? like, here's my screen from the bottom of the pit. You're like, go lower. <laughs> I realize there's a, there's a bottom below the bottom. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. My scream this week is not really a scream. I mean, technically it's going to be a scream, but it's more of a mm-hmm. call. I want to... Say this loud enough from the bottom of the pit that it echoes off the walls and projects out into the broader world so that it can be heard by none other than the goat, Nick Vial. Oh, God. This Do you want to scream... put this at the beginning of the episode? <laughs> no, this is fine here. <laughs> this scream is an offer. Goats, we know you are looking for new shows for your upcoming network. And we would be honored to be your flagship show. Get in on this opportunity while you can. We can help you shape your network. Hear me, goat. That was my is scream. Is this your next Clues original song? Or is that a poem, <laughs> Vial style? It was a scream. I'm trying to project my voice to the heavens oh. so that he can look down from the pantheon of bachelor royalty and hear what we're saying. Hear this offer to take us up into his network. Let us be the flagship bachelor mm-hmm. show of the network. Let us be that jewel in the crown of his kingdom so that we can help him develop his podcast network into what would be the most powerful bachelor related podcast network in existence so here's what i'm actually hearing your scream is that you want to meet your hero actually we have met him i don't i don't really have your hero is technology yeah my hero will be the ai god that deems all of the shit we're doing now Mm -hmm. unnecessary Any human being to me is just another scared, dirty animal trying to live another day. My God. Okay, wait. Back to the ode to Nick Vial. You want us to be... (laughs) (laughs) On his podcast network. What I mean, what do you see the brand of his network being? Obviously, the brand is going to be centered around Vial Files, which is, whether he wants Mm -hmm. to admit this or not... A bachelor-centric brand. He was a bachelor. He was in, he's won more roses than anybody. We, we, I don't need to go through his fucking stats. He's a bachelor. Uh-huh. And most of his audience 
is people who listen to The Bachelor. He does a wide variety of other non-Bachelor related topics, though. He will interview other celebrities, talk about dating, give advice. He does a bunch of different shit. I don't think he wants to be tied to doing Bachelor recaps and shit constantly. We can be the people who Mm -hmm. do that because... I mean, I do think that we do the most in-depth Bachelor recap that exists. I think we cover the world in a way that, cover the Bachelor Nation in a way that most other podcasts don't with extreme detail. And I think to have that as part of his Bachelor arm of whatever Mm -hmm. his podcast network is going to be would be invaluable to him. You're right. We'd be a great value add to Vio. I'm on board. (laughs) So, Goat, if you're out there, if you're listening, we would love to join the network we would love to help you shape the bachelor centric parts of it and the offer stands let us know when you want to have a zoom (laughs) we're on the west coast Val, for scheduling purposes (laughs) i mean that's a deep and powerful scream i'm proud of you for you know Coming to this conclusion, the only real conclusion of all of this work. Well, look, I'm also just going to say this to the goat. This window Mm. exists now. I don't know, six months from now, seven months from now. I don't know if we're going to be available for that podcast network. So lock us in now. Sort of a Bitcoin in 2009 situation, you're saying. Yes, it is. I think exactly that. I think there are going to be certain things happening to Game of Roses in the next six to eight months that are going to drastically increase the value of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, are we getting a third host? <laughs> I'm giving you some insider trading information right here about us. Oh, my God. But that's it. That is This Week in Bachelor Nation. Thank you, everyone, for joining us to listen to Bachelor Nation News, our State of the World, our Parasocial Plays of the Week, our Screams from the Pit, and, of course, our delving into that alternate Bachelor universe where coronavirus never happened and we have a very different landscape in the Bachelor world. Please remember to check out our shirt if you want to get it. You could go to bonfire.com slash game of roses and pick up this beautiful conversation starter that you're going to want to wear to all your bachelor viewing parties. And it is, again, available only for about a week and a half now. It's not even two weeks anymore. Time is passing. And this is Pace Case's last podcast for a week. She's going to be on vacation next week. So we bid you a fond farewell, Pace Case. I hope that you enjoy your vacation. I will be soaking up the rays of La Quinta. Mm, So in some ways, I will be working. Just La Quinta, the geographic location, not the actual resort, Mm -hmm. right? No, I don't have that kind of dough yet, but one day. But there will be... Dale Moss particles of air that he breathed out in your area. Mm, that's Maybe a good point. Get, get a few I of those. had not considered. But my absence does mean that next week coming up is something that's even better than Shark Week. It's Clues Week. Clues gone wild. Clues going very unwild. This is going to be a very controlled week. I have things planned. 
Monday, I am doing a very interesting interview that will be available in our Tuesday show. I think everyone will enjoy it. It is not going to be that Bachelor related. It is going to be related to something <laughs> else entirely. But rest assured, the person I'm interviewing, by the end of the interview, they will be in the pit. And I'm going to do something interesting on Thursday as well, I think. And I may have some little surprises coming your way if you're on our Patreon. If you're deep down in the bottom of the pit, just keep an eye open for posts randomly popping up throughout the week. Maybe at very strange times. I'm excited to see what happens once I get back. <laughs> right. You won't know. You come back and the whole thing's burned to the fucking ground. There's yeah. like, you're texting me. There's just no response. I know the state things are in right now, and I wonder what the state will be in a week. And before we go, as always, what is the Dwab at? It has been 6,953 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.